0: Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest, returning guest. His name is Hans Uter, U-T-T-E-R. We spoke earlier this month about a fascinating subject, so this will be a part two. The title for the show is MK Ultra for the Masses, Culture, Creation, and Control in the 60s. And uh, it was very well received. Some people know his name from uh, his work with uh, Jan Irvin on Gnostic Media, and some people were introduced to him, but uh, he knows very, very knowledgeable about the subject, so I'm delighted to have him back for part two. I got kicked off my YouTube channel, so I'll have to go back and start either a new YouTube channel, but I'm going to try to shift my show to Rockton if people want to see it live and try to post in advance my interviews so that people kind of get a heads up on my social media. So people, if you're on Twitter, Gab, Instagram, or something like that. You can keep kind of an eye out. I'll never go back on Facebook. So uh, Mark Zuckerberg is a monster. So, but uh, he has some slides. So if you're, uh, if you are hearing this maybe on my one of my podcasts, you can actually go back and watch this on Rockfin, William Ramsey. You can watch a lot of my shows and I'll be uploading all my shows. I didn't lose anything from YouTube. I had all my shows backed up and have all my shows backed up on StreamYard, which is really a benefit. So. Uh, but all those things aside, welcome back, Hans Uter.
1: All right, William Ramsey. I think you're one of three people in the United States that pronounced my name. It's actually Uter. You have to Uter. Well,
0: I will say it better last time. So Hans Uter, welcome back. <laughs> and
1: okay. maybe for people who didn't
0: hear our first show, uh, maybe go into your background. I know you're a musician as well, so you got a, you're a multi-talented person. But you know a lot about the stuff we talked in the pre-show and I was kind of blown, I was blown away by all the knowledge you have, but uh, maybe you can just do a brief bio.
1: Sure, sure. Well, I, yeah, I do. I do do music, by the way, and I'll just say this up front. Um, if anybody, um, I'm offering a free ebook. If you uh, PayPal donation, Hans Utter, my name at hotmail.com. Just got to do that because, um, you know, yes, I, I am talented, but I'm also surviving here in this uh wonderful time to be alive in right it's very interesting um yes so you know i mean i was not you know me becoming like full-time musician at a certain point i was doing that and that was my dream when i was younger and then i was doing other things so now i've been kind of cast into the the whirlwind lifestyle of a you know the sitarist. you know the the parties you know it's like you get a samosa and so it's not like being in uh, Led Zeppelin or something, uh, but um yeah. So th- this topic, you know, I created this as a new presentation. So I, I, I did you know bring together, and I will, I'll give a, a, a hats off to the Chaos book, the O'Neill, because some of his, those those were pieces that put together a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? But he got he got the scoop especially. So I want to just. Chat out um, whether or not we even get to that point, we'll see. But um, but I wanted to really kind of specifically focus on MK Ultra, which is such a um, sounds like a men's cologne, you know. Yay, MK Ultra! You know,
0: it may be in the future. You never know.
1: But it's a very like kind of jazzy name, you know. Hey, you know. But it. What does it entail? How does this tie into? things that I was saying in, uh, last show, but last show was a little bit more of a, looking at symbolic, cultural, experiential forms, so this will be a little bit more detailed, um, and just going into some stuff, and we'll see how far we get, and I did make a short film, I was forced to by StreamYard, because it, you know, it, so I'm just going to be streaming that, it's that, it, you know what should I start with uh, the first part of the, the film? And then sure, in- yeah, that let's work? do it,
0: yeah you can take this off. Um, yeah, you can. You can either. I think you can just do present, share screen, and ha- show the video file can come up, or you can pull up the file. It depends what's what you did uh, prior to the show. I think it'll take an MP4 window.
1: Wait, no. Okay, entire screen. Here we go. Present. Okay, and you no, can I, share I have screen, screen too, but there's nothing on my screen too. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Okay, but there's nothing there. I there's no... But, so I can just open it up on here. Okay. Oh,
0: I think so. It should come up. You have to open the file first and then oh, and then put the file. Not okay. your
1: desktop. So here's okay. So, so we'll start this... so um okay, so there it is. Can you see it? Let me drag it over. No, I don't
0: so see more. the movie. Just go. Just okay. There it is now. Yeah, I see it.
1: Okay, so it does work. Okay, I got.
0: I got yeah, I see. News in brief. There you go. Perfect. That's okay. it.
1: All right. Okay, and then well, let me just go and play and make sure we have audio. Um, this is this is like this is like super high tech. Okay. Um, so
0: hit the just hit the play button. Let's see. Let's see if it, I can hear.
1: Okay. So if I can hear it.
0: I can hear it. There you go. <laughs>
2: There are rumors around that this is Britain's revenge for the Boston Tea Party. 3,000 screaming teenagers are at New York's Kennedy Airport to greet, you guessed it, the Beatles. This rock and roll group has taken over as the kingpins of musical appreciation among the younger element. Some music critics call their harmony unmistakably diatonic. Others say it's pandiatomic. Parents say it's just plain pandemonium. Their first meeting with the American press brings forth an interview laced with quips and humor. You'd laugh, too, with a gross of $17 million last year. New York City cops are hard-pressed protecting the Beatles at their hotel. On every side, there is hero worship that recalls the heydays of Elvis Presley and Frank Sinatra. With one Beatle bedded with a sore throat, three of the quartet take an airing in Central Park. There was absolutely no truth to the rumor that the zoo's laughing hyena was driven underground.
1: Well, you know what? Let me just get to the point.
0: You can that. actually just pull that lever, yeah. You can move it up. See that little bar on the bottom? Just grip okay. that, and you can move yeah. to whatever part. Yeah, right there. You move it to whatever you part. You? part shit. Right. It you ain't never going to You ain't no
2: friend of mine. You ain't
1: Just listening to it so well you want to say something about um we just saw that some of the, that's basically some clips of elvis with a bit of the frenetic screaming in the background now we we'll just move a little bit forward um
2: say how would you look if i turned you into a puppet first i tie the strings for your head then the strings for your hands and legs then, abracadabra, pipply-poo, of gum you're all wooden. Here's a puppet boy, he's all wood from head to toe. And here's a puppet girl, she's as wooden as the boy. Here's a puppet boy, he's all wood from head to toe. And here's a puppet girl, she's as wooden as the boy. Now I'm going to pull all the strings and make you move. Little puppet walk with your legs and arms so stiff. Oh, little puppet walk like...
1: Okay, we'll, we'll stop sharing there. Um, any thoughts?
0: A lot. Um, I mean, you. we talked in the pre-show about how some of those uh, audiences are are promoted or created and also this kind of puppeteering theme is there from the very beginning very early turn you into a wooden thing strings in your hands and feet for the kids right so the are
1: yeah well it gets much deeper i can go into what it does um and it, it has it's a five minute song right um and so that well let's just go ahead and let's see can i go to the next slide all yeah, right you have to
0: you have to put it back in you have to okay. bring it back
1: okay so first thing is Beatles arrive. So that's just that, that moment in history, which actually that I was talking to you earlier today, that was stage, right? So it wasn't, they didn't have that mass audience, but it was, you see it being put forward, right? It's right. there in the media and there you can do all kinds of analysis on the language. Said their music is totally diatonic, but then they have kleptotronic. There's a lot of strange kind of little quips in there, right? even the way they move would you agree with that absolutely those are
0: strange terms actually that they're actually using that uh back then Interesting.
1: yeah yeah and diatonic means what i mean it just means within the major scale so no all their music is not totally diatonic so that so you know what i mean the word is not doesn't mean you know what i mean you could say they're, they're you know what i mean their music uses western choral harmony but anyways um so let's investigate this, I guess, so approaching it. So we. I, I gave three examples. We see also Elvis, right? The Matt, you know, people going frenetic, freaking out with Elvis. And I played a record, which I'll go into what it is, what it means. Um, but Beatles are all right. So the roots, what I mean, the roots of this event are older or pre-designated, potentially. Okay? And this is why we get some of these connections. That's why I'm going back a little bit further. Um, so do we lose our trust in the society? Like what is our world, right? Was if this isn't accidental, you know I mean? Everything I believe in is the grateful dead, Jerry, you know, I, right. the Beatles, right? I mean, they're like bedrocks. You think these guys are cool, right? Not Absolutely. even these guys are cool, but what the impact or what the potentiality is. So we move on a little bit. Um, so, in order to understand, um, really, what um, the shift is, or the um, the platform, so to speak, that I'm going to be, you know, just outlining and trying to create a little bit of an experience of it too, right? Because it's easy to abstract it. It's easy just to say the word MK Ultra. We okay. just means like that's why I made that little quip in the beginning. It looks like a it could be a men men's cologne actually no one steal that that's a good business idea man this is my million dollar moment I know. but but you no know, but think about it i mean without going into and or understanding and in a certain way seeing the feeling the reality of it to certain way you know what i mean and that's you know offering that within the, the spirit though that of course by understanding by realizing then we become free we move on from this but this, what I'm talking about affects, and this is, you know, most of us who grew up, you know, in, you know, unless you lived in a log cabin and, you know, Lincoln, Nebraska or something, you, you know, without electricity, you, you know, we've been, this stuff has been done to us to a lesser, greater extent. Everybody, right? Agreed.
0: If, so Beatles and Elvis as well, just enormous. Just every every uh, very known name. Uh, Beatles, the most influenced influential musical group of all time.
1: Well, and just let's go one thing to just to bear in mind here, right? So you go back in time. Let's go back to 1920. Was it like, you know, what are you thinking from 1920? You think of all these great scientists. You think of da da da, right? I mean, you know, you, these you know or 19, 1890 or whatever. And then you, of course they have these great composers, you know, Beethoven, etc. But look at you look at someone, okay, Beethoven, but that's a different level, right? It's a different world, um, and it's, it, it operates in a different space. But um, think about how much modern culture has been influenced by these pop groups. We're not talking like, you know, a great composer or you know some, you know, great revolutionary. Now we're, you know, we're talking about, you know, what I mean, things that are by nature ephemeral. But also, what are they, how do they introduce and what do they do? okay right. so, so mind control experimentation um so the real basis for understanding this and i did not put in this section in the slides um which was about the effect of music on the brain on the body on hormone hormones on awareness right so there's um we have a basic level you could say like a um generic level of conditioning right which is television is more like a dream space. Okay. Music potentially, and it's sometimes an actuality, right. will and connect, you know, we're talking about a glandular system, talking about heart rate. We're talking about pulse. We're talking about, you know, you know, subcortical response, you know, then you have influence of the frontal cortex. But what you can do essentially with music, if you choose to do so, um, is manipulate almost behind the scenes of the conscious mind, right? So that song we heard a little puppet, I'll talk about that in a moment, but this is an example of records that are being promoted and being given all across the country, like the nap time, kindergarten, first grade, whatever, and they play these records. And so this record, and and uh, well, we'll get into more detail and why this slide is relevant. So,
0: um, but your point is that the conditioning started earlier than people would have realized. That's or young, towards younger people as well.
1: Well, here's the thing. Here's where I got it, like the, um, O'Neill, man, that he got that one point that no one ever got. To me, now, again, it's. In this, in my research, it's like the, the piece of the puzzle and everything's clear, at least on certain, uh, you know, trains. So this is, um, you know, uh, like I said, I, I, I let, it's kind of fun to come up with, you know, new ways of looking at stuff. But then, as I said, I kind of prepared this for talking. So I'll go into some different things. Um, I can go back to my my video um, I, I, I guess, you know, I just put this together right before the show. So um, what I think able- your
0: point is, is that Pavlov, Luria, Platonov, starting, I think, I think Pavlov died in 35, 36. So he would already done all that initial conditioning that future behavioral psychologists or psychiatrists would build on. Right. Conditioned. You hear the bell. You start slobbering for the food. You know, you know that these things are coming.
1: Right. yeah you know, you know and 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 just to go at you a little bit more details so let's shift gears talk about so mind control or this idea of regimenting controlling experimenting deploying technology in the state to change the human mind in in a very you know i mean you, you think about torturing a prisoner to get them to confess right that's not really mind control right mind control is you can utilize these paradigms of torture, but are, is much more insidious and actually, you know what I mean, can even be much worse, anyways. Yeah, it's <laughs> a much more insidious, yeah, yeah. So, we don't go-
0: prefer to be tortured physically and get away with it than the kind of insidious natures of, of things like this puppet song or
1: something like that. Yeah, you and- don't
0: even know you're being conditioned or manipulated.
1: No, go ahead, sir. Yeah, no, I was
0: just gonna say, like, they don't know, like, you're listening to that puppet song. It's just a happy puppet song about a doll, but it's not really. It's about them conditioning the kid to be a susceptible subject,
1: right? Later on. Well, and that's the thing. We go to the analysis of that song, the beats per minute, the specific frequencies, like 82 beats per minute, aligning with you know the, the, the heart rate of that age group. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff. We'll get we'll get into that later. But anyway, so so a lot of this stuff. Um, so Soviet Soviet Union really became was well, a lot of this really intense uh, uh, knowledge and research. It's, you know, and even the Lord, you know, was it was a, you know, very prominent, you know, high level neuroscientists. You know, what I mean, these guys aren't just, um, you know what I mean? Like mad scientists. I mean, they're very, you know, studied. But anyways, there was a lot of research into time we could call metronomic driving, metronomic. Division of time, experience of time, specific rhythms, how they influence what they do, right? So, it's so we're not so the, the whole thing with like Pavlov dog salivating that's 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 like the cover story for the actual types of experimentation we're going on. I actually got a uh, I have a video maybe I'll show of an actual Soviet military level um, uh, you know, film, right? That was like it was CIA classified. It's a little bit weird, but we, you no, know, I have some stuff to show, demonstrate this. But anyways, so metronomic time, photic, photic means uh, photic driving. So like light, light and frequencies, um, you know, um, and then you know the induction of They called was what was called at the time artificial neurosis induction, which is making people insane, which is making fundamental behaviors change, right? That's the thing, you know, we were talking about changing fundamental levels of behavior, of identity. Um, And as I was saying, you know, with the music, this possible to do this, this is beyond, you know, this is not in your conscious mind. You could talk to a therapist all day. It's something, you know, with bound in other types of situations in your life, whatever is in your Hormonal system—it's in your, you know, you know—it's it, basically it's patterns of movements. Yeah, it's your body's doing it. You're doing it to yourself, but it's not, you know, you can't access that with your normal day-to-day awareness, right? And you won't even know what's driving you. Um, and so here's a, a quote. Um, so one of the one of the things they described in the Soviet um, st- literature and is called nerve jamming. Nerve jamming. Right. So nerve jamming, um, which is it sounds like jamming, you know, like Bob Marley, we be jamming. But we're talking about um, arousal, you know, your your sort of awaken and your suppression, you know, in getting these two types of nervous system operations to to basically work counter to each other based on stimulus or work in certain things. Anyways, so this is a uh, quote. This is talking about these the rites of ISIS, some of these things that influenced the 60s counterculture, and some of these things, a right of ISIS. In these dances, the beating of drums and the rhythm of music and repetitive movements were helped by hallucinatory substances like hashish or mezcal. These were consumed as ad- adjuvants to create the trance and the hallucinations that were taken to be the visitation of the god. The drugs were sacred, and their knowledge was limited to the initiated possibly because they have the illusion of satisfied desire and allow the inmost feelings to escape. These rites acquire during their execution a frenzied character that is conspicuous in certain spells. Retreat, raise, crushing thy head, slashing thy face, dividing thy head, crushing it in his hands. Thy bones are scattered. Thy limbs are cut to pieces. Okay.
0: So. so they knew that. I mean, they just knew that this stuff was happening even before what well, was N.P. Ultra put together 53. So these studies and these ecstatic states where they were studying those, I could really go back in time. So the 60s and stuff were really rites of ISIS, rites of the Eleusian, Eleusinian mysteries, things like that.
1: No, because the rites of ISIS, we're talking, you know, what, 1000 BC, you know what I mean? So these... So it's not like this stuff was created whole cloth, right? I mean, it's because you you have these things, but also you have, say, for example, the attitude and look of the the you know the rock stars. What is it? It's Romantic Era poets. You know what I mean? Shelley, Byron. You know what I mean? It could just have been punks. Look at these different music movements, right? Punks, etc. It's an old theme. What's
0: the the Latino theme? The uh, desperate, no, desperate. What's the word for the guy who travels around and plays music?
1: I can't, yeah. I don't, oh, ranch. I should know that. I, yeah. um, we could stop the the PowerPoint for now, just for a second. Okay. Um, Ranchero, no, Tabasco. I don't know, man. There's a movie about it, yeah. Gacho is like cowboy, but yeah, I'm sure there's. Yeah, that's um, that's exactly But I mean, it's a
0: common archetype, right? So it's the common archetype of the kind of traveler
1: poet, or the, yeah. yeah, the you know, it's you're right. It's you know, it's even the um, the uh, you know the, uh, the the Renaissance. You know, you've got your 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 uh, troubadours, right. the troubadour, right? Yeah. So they were going around um, singing. But okay, well, you know what? I'll just dive in with the meat, and then we'll have okay lighter stuff so um, so let's go to some actual text you know describing some of the stuff um, so this is about Pavlov so just to just to go back a little bit um, so I mentioned that we have main figures right for the basis of presenting, but the actual research that was done right the really important research not only in using sound, tone light rays you know what I mean as well as Stimulus response conditioning, but also with the aim of developing insanity, developing almost like a a slave. But one of the main things was development just to make someone insane or or controllably. You know what I mean? So in some of the experiments, you have dogs that would literally starve to death. This was not based on a bell, it was based on the photic driving. With metronomic, a metronome, tick, 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 tick. That's different from a bell, right? A bell is right. a single bell. Anyways, so let's look a little bit at some stuff on Pavlov real quick here. Um, so Pavlov experiment with animals and human beings, made the expression condition, reflex, in their household world. word. He found that three areas of the human body could, could, could be conditioned. viz., muscles glands, and skin area. His fam- famous experiments with dogs is well-known. Edward, Edward Hunter, in his excellent book, Brainwashing, summarizes the experiment. The central theme of the film, The Nervous System, actually, which is, I have some of these clips of this era type of film, which is pretty trippy. But anyways, of the film, The Nervous System, was indicated by a scene showing a dog in harness, standing on what looked like an operating table in a room full of mechanical gadgets and curious meters what immediately attracted attention was a glass container inserted into the side of the dog's lower jaw this was supposed to have been painless it did not seem to annoy the dog unsmiling doctors busied themselves with the experiment one held the bulbous end of a rubber tube by squeezing it air pressure moved okay bringing a bowl of food within the reach of the canine so they're using the graph um they're using a graph right to look at the saliva so we're looking at a this is not simply a response you're gonna you know even um uh you know study of saliva right you someone can spit i was actually going to do this for an experiment music related nothing like, like this but it's a great way to catch someone's emotional state is their saliva right but so they, so using a saliva, but they, what they did is they have photic, they have light driving. Okay. So dog at first paid no attention to the light. Sometimes when the rotary table brought an empty bowl to the dog's mouth, but whatever happened, the light did not go on. No saliva fold routine was established. Um, anyways, it, it goes on, but basically what happened, they used light. Then they started adding, um, the, uh, basically, um, you know, different types of stimuli with no connection. A light going on off has no, no, no linkage to actual food. You think about a dog, you know, my dog's upstairs, man. He's got food. There's no light. It's going to stop him. (laughs) If he wants something, he's going to be like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, so, I mean, I, you know, I, I couldn't imagine it, but that's, that's the thing, right? We're talking about is a totally different stimulus. That's really subconsciously conditioning the dog. Does a dog know what a metronome is? No. What is it? How does a dog even experience a metronome? Right? So anyways, what he did he started with the photic driving cue. Then goes on, he switched to another cue involving metronome. At one frequency you get food, one frequency you don't. Right? Get that conditioned then add the light, then start, he flipped them. The dog literally pff, gone, like literally becomes like insane. The dog, it's mind snapped, not its mind, what we call intellect, right? It's nervous system. It's glandular system. Okay, so that's what, you know, that's what I want to, um, you make clear. clearly you know we're not just talking like, you know, like Motley Crue, shout at the devil, you know, and, and like the crew, like they're talking about the devil, man. going to mess your head up well it might right but what will affect you is especially exposure to certain types of very knowledgeably and scientifically constructed sound operational technologies i would call that are that are packaged in music it's like you get a candy bar right So it is music, but what I'm trying, what I'll get to is what's inside that rapper in some instances is not just music. You're getting a lot more with what you think you're getting. So you follow me? Mm -hmm. So, so we're saying like, what I'm saying is like that I'm a little puppet. This is actually employing the apparatus and methodologies of these types of conditioning. Okay. That is where the Beatles, where you have the young girls screaming for Elvis. You, the years these things were being, and they're promoted all over. And so I'll get back to that in a second. So right. let me add another layer. So I'm going to just dispense with the theory here, but I wanted to give these these different things. So just to recap a bit, I showed some video clips, the Beatles arriving with a very slightly odd newsreel international newsreel though right just to show mm-hmm. that it's being promoted and there were actors at that airport there was not a you can even look at them they're like eh. you know what I mean it was it. there was not the freak out of riot no one you know what I mean it was they were hired people so anyways um, and then I went to the um, you know the quote about ISIS the cult of ISIS the rights of ISIS the Ellusian rights um, and we'll continue so this is Theodore Adorno, Theodore Adorno, Princeton radio project, you know, behind the War of the World's hoax, behind huge amount of research going back to Gordon Alport in the 1930s. Around the same time that the Soviets were doing more sort of individualized, you know, and group, right? So you get a thousand kids. You know, he did stuff with children. I mean, you know, there was human experimentation. That's why I wanted to Highlights, so in the United States, even you, you know, if you're experimenting on like a thousand kids, you know, that's going to just, you know what I mean? They're going to be a little bit of pushback, probably. But anyways, Ted Adorno, Princeton Radio Project, studying the effect of radio on consciousness, study you know, and looking at many, many different things. But yet, War of the Worlds was basically staged by the Princeton Radio Project. Okay, and I have all proof of that. But anyways, Adorno really deep. Theorist of this.
0: Can well, you define what the Princeton Radio Project was?
1: So the Princeton Radio Project was something that was started um, in a, at Princeton, obviously, right? Sort of on off in the 30s, and I think it went until 40s. I mean, it went at least until I mean, world. I mean, it, it went, you know, until the early 40s. Um, and and it, it was it's one of those things where you have some really big names, you have some public face. And then you have some real government, high level research stuff, kind of like MK Ultra type of stuff. But um, you have, you know, you got, you know, Kurt Lewin, like psychological topography, um, you know, Gordon Alport. But talking about how the radio, what the radio was just doing as a medium. Right. Um, and, and so like FDR was really sort of the radio president. Right. So um, you have to go back to that time period. And those radios were huge. Right. So right.
0: Pre-tv radio was the tech, was the high tech.
1: But has anyone seen those old radios? Man, they're like they're like a cabinet. I mean, some of these are beautiful, too. Right? Every you know what I'm talking about? They be that weigh like 500 pounds, man. You know, but they're I'm old. old
0: it used to some people used to just have those as decorations of an older time. Used yeah. to be able to find these old stylized radios with real today, just super primitive technology. But that's the way it worked back then. Before there was a TV. People would gather around after dinner and listen to the radio. That was it. That was how you got the news, heard about World War II, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, super but, important. But the radio was like you never had a technology like that before, right? It was absolutely new. Um, and so these are, you know, these are very ornate, like mahogany, you know, like so, you know, some of these old radios, you know. Like, but anyways, um, no, no, the radio it changed. It was like that was that became basically what they did. Or, like Gordon Alport book, that was like 35, I believe. Um, you know, talks about how the radio becomes the father figure in the family, they'll listen to the radio. The that's radio, right. there's a it changes the relational space, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Right. anyways. So, I'll read this quote from Theodore Adorno. Sorry, that's
0: what they looked like back then. if people are watching, like these Look are kind of wooden...
1: Yeah. Th- th- these are the transistor radios pre t- pre transistor radio, like the huge ones. was the, really- ni- the
0: 1931? I just saw one here, like this vintage vintage one.
1: Yeah. That's what they used to look like.
0: Yeah, I used to see those around back in the day. Now you can't even find them. <clears throat> but Adorno studied, I mean, from what I'm reading right now, other than this, is that he was assigned to show Tata. One guy's brain is trying to figure out the importance of the radio on the mass psych- psychology, right?
1: Yeah, and Adorno was a very interesting figure because he, he was, um, you know, he's a it he was a Marxist, you know, and he, um, you know, and, and he also, though, and, and the fact is he hated, at least I have some essays of his, like, he looked at jazz as, like, he hated jazz. And so what he, Adorno was promoting was, like, atonal Like Schoenberg, like you know, very dissonant, super abstract, complex music. So you know, whatever. But he was a major theorist of this, right? Of turning this into, you know, the so you know, there's a ritual aspect, right? Was talking about before. So just just to clarify the subjects I'll be touching on, just to go on it, we have the the site the neurophysiological. We have what we call the psychological, and then we have the ritual or the inductive, right? So, um, Theodore Adorno, quote, in an imaginary but psychologically emotion laden domain, the listener who remembers a hit song will turn into the song's ideal subject, into the person for whom the song ideally speaks. This is really important. See that? So, at the same time as one of the many who identify with that fictitious character, that musical eye, he will feel his isolation ease as he himself feels integrated into the community of fans. Okay,
0: All right. That's very important. So it's like a standardizing process. So the person feels like he's with the group listening to the individualized artist, right? Becomes part of the fan base, even if he's sitting alone.
1: Yeah, and so what this is based on, actually, um, not to go too far afield, but this is Lacan. Lacan was sort of a uh, he broke off from Freud. He's much more interesting. In some ways. But Lacan talked about the inner mirror, right? So the inner mirror is, is is actually a stage of psychological development where you basically see yourself as your parent, right? Somehow, like even, but this is supposed to end at like three years old if that psychological stage is not ended the inner mirror where you identify yourself with something outside of you, right? So the inner mirror, but it's almost like it's um, anyways, this is what this, this ties into. Okay. But so, but so, so you're, you know, you identify, you remember the song, you turn into the song's ideal subject, you know, you, whether or not, Super consciously, like you know, New York, I love New York, you know, like Frank Sinatra, or you know, I don't know, Rolling on a River. It's a, I'm not a vocalist, no, Dolly Parton. But think about how we identify with songs, even if for a moment, right? Okay, right. so you're
0: transported somewhere else into you, the you, listener of the song, yeah, into you, the context of the song, into the background of the song,
1: yeah. But you also see yourself as a singer, right? You, you know what I mean? So you're identified. Think about a song, um, "Don't Fear the Reaper," right? What's that song about? Don't it's fear. Super
0: occult, actually, the new the, blue a, eyes a, super it,
1: it, the base level is just we're going to kill ourselves. That's it. Like Romeo and Juliet will be like they are. Don't fear the reaper. So it's about committing suicide. It, it, it's it's a really, but there's it is literally, a, but it's giving you a message to commit suicide as you identify with that subject of the song. Right. So, right, but
0: doesn't like the reaper comes through the door and takes her away. Yeah, something
1: like that. Well, what I, what I'm saying is yeah. that's there, but there's there's implanting of messages, right. right? Which is different. So that's what I'm saying. You have to you have to um, bracket. You know, because how many songs like you think you know the verses? You know, I've done that before. Like you know, I'm learning a song. You know, playing in some uh, some dive bar for for pennies. it's a hard life man it sucks (laughs) no I will not play a
0: musician's life is tough isn't
1: it yeah no, but um, but the the thing is that we you know you like how many times I didn't know most of the lyrics of the song right I guarantee you find any song you're going to find verses in there that you don't remember right those are you know not always that you don't remember. Right. They're almost embedded. They're hidden. Right. But um, or they may be up front and center. But anyways, what he's talking about. So you have a fraction kind of based on some either inner psychic thing or family um, the hit song now fills a gap. Right. Or it's you know, it's there just queuing into what you are. Um, but you feel isolated. Right you you're not really yourself it's the whole concept of self-esteem abraham right so self-esteem that concept is everyone says oh do you have high self-esteem what is self-esteem it's you looking at the inner mirror self-esteem is literally defined as how you see yourself based on how you think other people think about you oh Mm -hmm. the kids at school like me so i see myself as really good i think the kids like me you know you don't like me you know F off! I don't care if you like me, but that's what self-esteem is. That's the inner mirror. That's where. That's where you become like Britney Spears, right? You wanna, you're a teenage girl, lonely. You know, you identify. You, but you can see it much more vigorously than just a mental identification. Right? You see people that whole lives are identified, right? Even with the Beatles, man. You know, with Jerry. You know, anyways. Tons nope. of people.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's there. I mean, they get lost in these musicians. I know people like that.
1: Yeah, I you know, they almost I almost dead. I almost got dead. No, I'm just kidding. I when I did some stuff on the dead, people got pissed off, man. They I understand, you know, it's it's hitting their kind of heart, right? But anyways, um, so going through this, right? It's a rite of socialization. So notice the ritual aspects, ritual. It's very powerful part of, we're talking about anthropology, psychology, right? Anyways, um, it becomes addictive, okay? And we can go on, but it creates this, you become, you get this sense of isolation. You're not able to heal that. It's just like you're trying to find a great relationship, right? And you're, you know, you're hooking up, you know, on dating apps, you know, 10 times a month. And why can't I find a good relationship? You know what I mean? It's, it's sort of analogous to that, right? Right. Okay. So, um, well, go ahead. Before I go to the next stage, I'll go back. I was just going to
0: say, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that you can see that behavior and it's uh, encouraged because there's a lot of financial benefits of that. So, people have this kind of parasocial relationship with these music musical artists, which is encouraged fame, star mentality. It cuts across the whole celebrity culture. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so, all, uh, Go ahead. Oh, other comments? I haven't even checked. I don't know.
0: It's just coming, kind of coming in on on. uh, You can't really see it on this. It doesn't. It's not integrated into StreamYard yet because I'm off of YouTube. Okay. uh, Not not really. People are just kind of commenting on. Some guy said. uh, Carl said, "True, Hans deadheads imagine they're identifying with many characters in the song. Very powerful."
1: You know, and that's when we get to the end, like you know that song Casey Jones, right? So, and, and a lot of people don't know this. I, I knew this, but O'Neill also, you know, see, I'm giving him credit for that that magic piece. But uh, you know that you know the the LSD scene of the happy hippies in short order around the time of the Manson was morphing into a crystal meth scene, right? People right. don't know that, and so you have that song Casey Jones. You think it's just like. Oh, the dead are just having fun. Driving that train high on cocaine. Casey Jones, you better watch your speed. Right. And I've got all these quotes in this video I made of Jerry, of all these guys literally talking about ritual talking about all the stuff I'm saying and them talking about it. Um, you know, and so just to hear them from the, uh, the horse's mouth, not just me saying that they're saying this, but, um, well cool yeah um, so let's uh, let's go ahead and I'll, I'll throw that video on here
0: you know I never made that connection so it's Casey Jones you better watch your speed he's singing it with both meanings right speed and speed as in myth
1: is that right yeah but but it's really see you are Casey Jones you're the subject of the song you become the subject of the song the song is on one level you're Casey Jones you're not Jerry singing about Casey Jones you're Casey Jones you know you know what I mean That's that self-identification. And then you're going to be, but driving that train high on cocaine, Casey Jones, you better watch your speed. Trouble ahead, trouble behind. Trouble ahead and trouble behind. And you know that notion just crossed my mind. Paranoia. Right. Paranoia induction. No, I don't know. But and then, like, that's a great song to look at Grateful Dead lyrics, man, because these have all hidden secret lyrics in there that you don't know. Because that's, do you know anything else of Casey Jones besides those lyrics? I I just don't, I, I'm,
0: I, I'm very <laughs> ignorant about Grateful Dead. It's very strange because I grew up in Palo Alto and they were all around, uh, all around. Swain's music was where Jerry Garcia played. And I mean I have connections to them you wouldn't believe it. but I know that. I mean I've been around in their presence I've been to all those guys Mickey Hart uh uh Garcia I mean, who's the lead guitarist or no who's the
1: drummer drummer is Hart is that right No no um yeah Mickey Hart Mickey Hart that.
0: like That's I've true. I've been in there. I've known those guys I mean
1: yeah
0: I, I didn't know them but I I've been around them
1: I mean have you like smoked joint with Terry No
0: I mean when I was growing up Smoke when I was Jory in chairs. After high school, I was a uh, valet. So I was a valet at a hotel where they would stay. They would stay and take over the entire third floor. But I was kind of like, it was a smaller boutique hotel. So I would drive their cars and park their cars and then be a lackey. They never wanted to eat through the hotel restaurant. So they had tons of money. So they would pay me to go down the street and go pick up their food and deliver it and tip well cash. And I had to pretty much crawl on my hands and knees because the entire ceiling was all pot smoke. And they didn't—they didn't give a crap about anything. They treated some of these hotel rooms just like a uh, like it was their metal band or something. They would destroy it. But I think that guitarist—he had some kind of carte blanche where he would bring his girlfriend, and they had two uh, like or like uh, what are the kind of like an Alaskan sled dog and they would bring them in the hotel and the manager of the hotel wouldn't say squat like if it was anybody else uh they would be pissed and they were in the like the penthouse the equivalent of a penthouse suite so they would play at shoreline in mountain view and they would stay there in palo alto so i i yeah they did a lot of drugs and they they had that drug culture was very much uh evident when, when they stayed at that hotel But I knew they would play at Stanford, too. So it was uh, Stanford. I can't remember where they used to play, but it was an out, outdoor. I can't remember the name of it offhand. But it was an outdoor kind of theater, the amphitheater um, at Stanford. They would play, and just the deadheads would all show up. So people would walk over there. and I knew people who were huge deadheads. I know people who uh, lost their sanity being around the Grateful Dead too much, too. So, But I never really assessed their lyrics. But they were always around. Like I went to Berkeley, so people were listening to the dead that there. I just never got that bug. So for better or worse, I don't know. I just was never like that music wasn't for me.
1: Well, you're probably pretty lucky, um, you know, that you didn't, um, because uh, you know, that's um, you know. But it's that super interesting. So I was actually, I initially I thought you actually were just hanging out with those guys, right? Like Phil Lesh, Jerry. Alfie. I was young. I was
0: like eighteen or nineteen between <laughs> like, college. Yeah. I stayed, but I just, you know, and that was in Northern California. I was in the in the mix of all that stuff was going on. All a lot of my friends were psychologists and psychiatrists at Stanford. I know people who worked at SRI. I know people who did some of the dream technology, dream sleeping investigations back then where they would put not and that was kind of a thing among the palo palo alto pali uh high school students is like hey do you go to the sleep program where they would look hook you up and give you free food and pay you 50 bucks yeah and they would i actually went to the kind of high end berkeley had its own kind of sophisticated uh cutting edge kind of investigatory things and then it's looking back like this is the beginning of computers and just of technology it was so rudimentary it's actually funny thinking about it this day but like I lived on the same I mean I grew in I lived on the same street as Steve Jobs I used to see him inline skate so I, I used to, he would I would drive along with him on foothill expressways so I was very like I, I was I was uh, exposed to a lot of that stuff I mean I was You have stuff you wouldn't even believe Elon Musk, because they were all around that area. So, um, yeah. I I don't want to talk about all that stuff. But you're just... I used to go play golf where one flew over the cuckoo's nest where that guy was. I used to see Wolf around Palo Alto, the uh, Kool-Aid acid test guy. So a lot of that stuff, that was just in the kind of milieu, the environment of just seeing all these people who... Around, I knew a guy who was like Abraham Mas- Maslow's grandson. Like, so I used to. Those are just people you just like ca- ca- casually run across. I literally, yeah. Uh, so computers and all that stuff was very. Growing up in Northern California it was all around, and the dead. The dead were always around, and drugs. I mean, it, it, that was very psychedelics. Was very much on people's minds in northern california for all time and i was not i did not get into that whole culture a lot of other people who i was around with did
1: well you know that the thing like i said you're lucky just you had more discrimination discernment so um you know it's we'll see a bit further but um you know these guys are you know they are intellects right jerry something i mean they they are like he could be talking at the World Economic Forum, you know.
0: Well, he's, he's so they not, were that smart, huh?
1: Oh I yeah, wait, wait, to, but what they're talking about is like everything we're seeing right now is what they're talking about: Virtu- induction of virtual reality. Total, you 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 won't believe when you hear that stuff. These all got. Uh, it makes
0: podcast. me want to just go read their lyrics. You know, I didn't know that they were. So they were in that. They were getting inspiration or. Getting something from that environment,
1: right? Well, they didn't write the lyrics. I mean, they had a separate lyrics. They wrote no lyrics. It was Robert, Robert Hunter, the poet, who didn't even he wasn't even go. He lived in some I forget where he lived, but you know he didn't even really hang out with the band. He would write lyrics, and then and he's like, yeah, Robert Hunter. So it was they had a totally separate lyrics. I don't think they wrote. And he's and he was like a I think like a you know uh, educated. He's like a poet. He was like a. I think he did some stuff too with like language, linguistics, neurolinguistics. So he had he had a you know, he wasn't just some, you know, you know, homeless Bob under the bridge, you know. He's like Jerry's like, hey man, here's a here's a 40, you know, can you write write finish that song for me? All right, man. You know what I mean? Because you can see like Jerry like going under the bridge, you know, and like, you know, this guy, you know, some totally obscure dude, you know, and just he's like writing the lyrics. No, it wasn't like that. You know what I mean? It was like they got a pro, right? So their lyrics are very intricate.
0: It's- Interesting. See, I didn't know that. Uh, hey, Wake they- the dead says Hunter was MK Ultra. Robert Hunter. Read the song U.S. Blues. Have you heard that? Oh, yeah, Uncle
1: it? Sam. I- I'm Uncle Sam. How do you do? Right? It's all in there. I'm Uncle Sam. Um, you know, um, and the thing, here's the mastery though of Robert Hunter in his lyrics. Right? He is a master. Lyricist in a very unique way. I mean, I, in that he, the song itself on the surface, right? It's it has all the great elements of a great pop song, da da da, right? And so it's got, but there's all these different layers and meanings, and this stuff is in there, but it's still on as it is on the surface. It's like a polished gem, right? But there's right. a lot more there. A lot of the you know other stuff is either going to be very obvious. Or, you know, or like really trippy, weird stuff like that band USA whatever. But, um, well, let's let's go back um to I Am A Puppet. And now we'll now I'll put this a little bit more of a context here. Um,
0: Wake the dead. Sean knows a lot of these lyrics. Pop that bag. Wave that flag. Does that. uh sound That's, like-
1: Yeah. Uncle Sam. Yeah, yep.
0: I'm Uncle Sam. Hiding out in a rock and roll band. Get hiding out
1: me. in a rock and roll band. Guy, guys.
0: Rich, they say Rich, John Perry Barlow is a Mormon. Also wrote the lyrics too. Does that sound familiar?
1: Yeah, yeah, Barlow. Yeah, he collaborated. It was Hunter and Barlow. But most, I'd say, ninety percent. Not that Barlow dude didn't chip in or do some of the. He's like a TA. You know, he's like an assistant. No, you know, um, and someone can disagree with me. That that's just my. But but they but they're both, you know, trained writers and you know with the high levels of skill and knowledge and poetry they're like but,
0: poets they're really just like my poets then interesting yeah, yeah. see but, a, i'm not surprised did you know if they got right they got writing credit and were they uh copyright owners of those songs so they got paid out you know, from writing they
1: didn't do anything here's the weird thing you got Owsley, which we'll get an Owsley maybe a bit later. Right, Owsley, think, yeah. You know, military intelligence doing all these crazy speaker array, sound systems, experimental stuff. I mean, it was like, you know, military technology, whatever um, stuff. So, but also distributing LSD all over, a- at dosing people, putting stuff in, the, in their water and their drink and their food all over. Um but anyways, um, so the lyricists they wrote the lyrics. The dead just wrote the music. They would just send it in the mail, and supposedly they, you know, the Miles they had almost they had almost no interaction. Like he would send them, here's your here, here's your manuscript, you know, make the song. I mean, it, it, and if if I'm, you know, I'm almost never wrong. But- Bob Weir was
0: the guy. I couldn't remember. That's the guy who was like, in oh, the- yeah,
1: Bob. No, of course, oh, you- He was like Bob
0: affiliated you- with uh, Bohemian Grove. Like there's a video of him He's, talking about Bohemian
1: Grove. Bob Weir was always like the nice guy in the band, right? All those other guys do stuff, but Bob Bob's good. That's good. Bohemian That's, Grove. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. I've heard some interesting stories about that.
1: <laughs> go
0: ahead. Yeah. No, I won't, I won't
1: say it live here, but. Okay, well, let um, me go ahead and play this this song now. I'm. You got to a-
0: bring it back in. You got to bring.
1: Oh yep, let me do that here. Sorry, put it into the thing here. here um... I have to go present
0: share screen, or,
1: or bring up the video file. All right, share screen. All right.
0: Here we go. Yeah, Bob Weir was the twink. Yeah, that's what I Okay, Sean says. Yeah.
2: That. Here's a pup. Fully poof.
0: I heard something right along those lines, Sean.
1: So that was just a little bit of Elvis, right? Doing his, I mean, so Elvis, like, I mean, think about what Elvis did to culture and society. Massive impact. Not not a minor impact, massive impact. You know?
0: Huge change agent, right? So before everybody was kind of buttoned down, no kind of uh, overt sexual sexuality like he had. So people were freaked out about Elvis too, right? He was like, he was also bringing in like, uh, African American music. So people didn't like that either, too.
1: Right? All kinds of people. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, there, there's a bunch of that. Uh, you know, a lot of it. Well, we, that, that's we're not going the Elvis thing, uh, just yet. But um but uh, at least think I could sing it too. But anyways, so anyways, here's a video clip. So this is from the CRG. It's the Children's Record Guild. There were many of these organizations making and manufacturing records for. You know, preschool, kindergarten, first grade, maybe up to second grade, right? And then you have a nap time, and they put these are nap time records um, that were put on when the kids, you know, the the lights are off, or else they have to participate, right? So, um, and like for example, the little puppet is a nap time record, but the children were if the kid is not moving, right. They're gonna get in trouble, but these were all over the country, um, and I, I got the actual—I got the, some of the documentation from the Huac, the House uh, FBI. Um, I have some of these. Uh, I, I got some of these reports. You know, these literally were communist front agents that were getting—they were getting funding from the Soviet Union. No question. There was no question. It was not—it was not like oh, you know, you know oh. We, a lot of that stuff is framed like oh they're they're just like these you know nutcases no i mean there was no question you know absolute no question that they were getting you know you know two one or two intermediaries and but this stuff was promoted all over and put in schools and given the highest ratings and even parents would play it at home right so and then so let's go ahead and listen to the song The little pop i just
0: follow up on this story of uh steve jobs inline skating he, well, he it was during his time where he got kicked out of Apple and he had this company called Next with the black cube box uh, computer and he would skate with his wife who was just, who I didn't really know at the time. Blonde hair, very attractive. Uh, it was turned out it was Lorraine Powell Jobs is what her name. But when I was in his presence he had this very kind of easy manner for the public. When I saw him like normal he had the most pissed off bitter face like in this, I see him kind of in the publicity stills. He looks easygoing and in control, but you when I saw him like when I was driving alongside him, he once pulled up behind me. He was pissed and intense, super intense. And his intensity does not come across in all these pictures of him where he looks kind of composed and intellectual. And then like Steve, and then poor Lorraine Powell Jobs shows up in these pictures with the, uh Ghislaine Maxwell. Like she's on the island with her. Nah. Covered, so. It is interesting, like looking back, like I just like seeing him in his kind of natural state, very different than when you saw him different, very intense guy, very high strong, super high strung. That's the way he looked to me.
1: What's that's that's an interesting sort of point because you think of Steve Jobs. I mean, like, okay, he seems like the 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 quintessential, super chill, you know, relaxed guy, you know. Where is his Birkenstocks in the office, and you know, he you know he got rich, but he's just, you know, he's kind of like, you know, wow, man, it all worked out. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like that big, great LeBow. not big right.
0: Trying to have that airy, kind of breezy thing. That's not true, man. <laughs> I, did not, I found him to be very intense in his part. Per- like just seeing him around, and when he was going when he was inline skating, it wasn't like he was with his couple. Like he was in front, and his wife was clearly behind him. He was pissed. He was like pissed off. And I think that was right after he kind of got elbowed out of the head as the head of the CEO. So he hadn't come back into the Apple kind of limelight yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, he was super. We were. I was going home, driving in a car. I said, who's this jerk tailgating me? And in a kind of like it was a BMW that I'd never seen. It was a convertible with a very prominent uh, kind of pole in the back. It had to have been some kind of off-brand BMW. I'm like, who's this jerk following? And I look in my rearview mirror, it's a Jobs, but he didn't have like that look. He looked like he was trying to run me over. Like <laughs> ah, have... <laughs> back when I was driving like a beater car, it was like probably my second car. I think it was like a an old Toyota or something, you know, it's just like totally cheap throwaway car. Um, but it's just a memory that sticks in there. I'm like, What's this? who is this jerk? Oh, it's Steve Jobs. What's he doing? But yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of just being around in that environment. I think I a lot of stuff, without really knowing the knowledge I have now, but I saw some of these people in their real environments. Pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, it would be kind of fun to, you know, we'll maybe tie into that. Because the, the funny thing is that all that stuff, Steve Jobs, Macy Conferences, Cybernetics, the whole earth, all this stuff links together very, relatively closely, right? And I'm but, because um, I had, I was more like, saw my family in Southern California. Um, so I, and I was, like, I, but it was, I didn't have any of those. I, I I met John Cougar Mellencamp. That's cool. I opened Ferrario Speedwagon. I guess that's about it. Nice.
0: I actually grew cool. up in a house with like one of the early eugenicists. His name <laughs> uh, Theodore Shackley. You should look him up. There, what I grew when I grew up there, there was like a nexus of these white, um, they were very educated white like WASP eugenicists and. Shackley was, uh, not shot. I think it was Shockley, not Shackley. Shockley was, yeah. Shockley, was the white clothes. I have actually a story about Shockley and Shackley, because I actually went out for drinks with the blonde ghost's daughter nah. <laughs> when I was in D.C. But, yeah, Shockley, Terman, there was this kind of, like, thing uh, pre-war where all these guys were full-on, like, uh, eugenicists. They were really the American eugenicists. And he was one of them. He was shameless. So that was there was kind of actually it's interesting because that is the environment where the Silicon Valley grew out of. As a lot of these guys were had some very interesting ideas, as long as uh, technology as well as kind of their racism. And there's some like interesting background, occultic background, in some of these guys too. Some of these guys were like Blavatsky fans. So the tech had a, had a kind of curious. I think Steve Jobs' first computer was sold for $666. Yeah, it was.
1: Yeah, 66 and 66 yeah.
0: So, Sorry, that's just an aside. Just okay. bringing back memories, being with Garcia. Because Garcia was actually in person. He was very smiley. He really did smile all the time. He might have been high as a kite or whatever, but I remember him just being nice. I drove around Bob Weir's car and parked it. I remember he was listening to U2. Oh, this was like, what, 91? He was listening to... The Joshua Tree. So he had very normal, like you would think maybe he was just listening to his own songs or something. But he had very kind of uh, interesting. He had kind of popular music at that time in his car CDs. It's pretty interesting.
1: That's just a cover,
0: man. It really (laughs) was. You could, if you didn't know the Dead, you would walk by these guys. You would just—they were just normal people. No, no, I would never give my car to a ballet ever again after like. valets did too uh yeah no i never i'd never give my car to a valet ever
2: <laughs> well, you got, I mean, anyway you let's got, get let's get back on it I mean, back I, I back read just it. a show of reminisces but
0: i've been reminiscing about living in that area but
1: oh no problem and i you know like the big uh the big thing is forthcoming so anyways so you did so the picture of this album you can see that cover right just look at that cover again so it's a kind of a creepy cover if you look at it closely you see how it's kind of split off you know it's like the body is the torso it's like almost like cut apart you got that anyways children's record guild um absolute uh co- soviet funded um wow the crg and, wow wow that's amazing. yeah and, and literally with the idea of subverting america right through the i mean so there was but promoted all over the school so here we go let's listen to a little bit more of this cut.
2: Fast head, head. Little puppet walk with your legs and arms so stiff oh little puppet walk like a funny wooden doll little puppet walk with your legs and arms so stiff oh little puppet walk like a funny wooden doll Ooh. Turn your head, 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 first to one side, then the other. Turn your head, 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 like a funny wooden doll. Turn your head, 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 first to one side, then the other. Turn your head, 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 like a funny wooden doll. Lift your arms up high, lift them up and down, you drop them, lift your arms. Up I like the funny wooden doll. Lift your arms up I lift them up and down. You drop them.
1: Lift your arms up. Okay, well, I I don't really like that song that much. So All right, there's I mean, kind I of a,
0: it's a strange, unpleasant sound too. That kind of uh, whistling
1: noise. Wow. Well, yeah, no. So it it goes on and on, right? So it's it's a full. I mean, I have a. I was going to write something up with it, but it's actually, it's a hypnotic induction. Right. And as it goes on, it gets weirder and weirder. So that like, you know, I mentioned that, 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 nerve jamming. Right. So actually if that's, you know, when you're like a four-year-old, you know, and then, you know, they're playing this and that, that, that whistle is like, it's like, cause that, that literally creates almost like a shock reflex. Right. And, yes. in the head. and so, and then they're supposed to do this. It's like sleepy dancing. So, you know, the kids would all be supposed to dance. Let me just play, it gets weirder. Let me just go towards the end here. Knee
2: wooden
1: doll.
2: Drop them. Touch your toes, toes, toes.
1: Keep your arms and legs. Well, anyways, you know, it, there's, there's some stuff in there and you notice the instrumentation is not, you know what I mean? It's a little, it's intense, right? Yeah.
0: It's not pleasant. It's not, it doesn't have that kind of easy tone to it.
1: It's like
0: abrupt, but it's what?
1: complex. It's or, orchid. It, so it's not just like, um, you know, whatever P.B. Herman, played. Mary
0: had a little lamb, something like that. Well, See? the
1: one thing they do, they take melodies that, that are familiar and, change them and warp them right so this has there's a whole bunch of hypnotic commands there's also there's sound um you know cues are kind of in the background but again you know it's a kid's record and this is some supposedly some small off-market label you know children's record guild you know so they're getting there's orchestral percussion there's a lot of weird instruments in there right it sounds like you know almost like avant-garde classical bit. so this This is done for the nervous system effect along with the movement. Um, And basically, part of these records is to create a sense, you know, that song like Satisfaction, right? It creates, if this stuff is, it's sort of being imprinted or programmed, right? So it creates almost like it's supposed to be a time to relax and you get this stress thing, you know? And, And also they have other songs where you're supposed to act in a certain way. Like, you know, you become something else, right? You become a robot. You become a train. You become... A horse. And, you know, so, and these are, you know, I mean, these are going all across America. I um, mean, I have analysis from actually, you know, hypnosis guy, you know, around the time going through all the different, I think, you know, all the psychological aspects. So that that's there. And, but again, when I say psychological, it's not what I want to stress. Right. It's not so much the lyrics, right. Shout at the devil. Oh my God. Now I'm a Satanist. I listen to Molly crew. No, it's, this is position of authority. Move your head. Up, down, you know, and it goes on, you know. Um, but with these things, and it keeps going, it keeps modulating every time it modulates, it gets more dissonant as they go further into a trance. So, you know, and then there's the you know, then once the trance is there, then the weird stuff comes out. So, um, no. let me just move ahead just a little bit. No. So, look at This foreign language sounds when they sing. It. Puppet, jump, jump, jump. Keep your arms and legs so stiff. It was. So, keep your arms and legs so stiff. Jump, jump, jump. So you're getting this rigid body, right? With music that's going, like that, that, that whistle thing. I mean, that's, you know, you know. imagine you're a little kid and this is blasting out and you're supposed to have nap time. But enough a little puppet. I mean, I, I could go more detail, but th- I think that will suffice.
0: It is remarkable that this. So this stuff is even before people kind of say MK Ultra is some kind of like beginning mark. It's not. There's a lot of stuff before that, coming like you said, coming out of Russia. A lot of stuff. A lot of people writing about hypnosis actually, uh, world in the world, World War Two, and still studying that. It just became kind of formalized through the CIA.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, this, yeah. That's a, we mentioned that today. I, I, I won't say I know the exact because I, I really as I was kind of looking into this, I just, that's what kind of reminded me of a little bit with some of this stuff I looked into. Cause I, I can, you know, talk about stuff in the 1930s with jazz, blah, 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 blue. So some of these different effects, but this, again, this is basically being distributed, sometimes given away, written up. And these are schools, daycares, you know what I mean? Right. Whatever, you know, these are, um, and there's like, a, you know, there's a whole, whole bunch of them, but anyways, let's move on. Just let's, um, uh, fast forward here a little bit to the uh, 1960s and I have some uh, some video footage. I just, you know, from uh, just basically from the first human being, which was sort of the dawn of the in 1967. And so and I have audio clips. I won't go through all of them, but we'll, maybe um, later I'll, I'll just play a few of them. But okay. these are recordings from a 1966 acid test. Right. So you go to this place. Um, I, we tried to show some video clips. You can't really find the good videos. But this is an example of the audio that's being played there. Imagine, you know, flashing lights everywhere. You know, it doesn't, we'll just check it out. This is, so we have, you know, you've got your generic stuff, you know, the dead doing their um, meandering, you know, blues, you know, know, whatever. They're, they're basically just doing like, you know, semi-intuned blues jam rock, right? They're just almost like a frat band. But there's other stuff that are going on at these acid tests. So, and uh, again, that background image is from that. So here we go. The butcher
2: is back, 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 back. butcher is back, back. The butcher is back. <petroleum screaming sounds> Butcher is back, <laughs> back, 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 with a cut, and I hack the butcher is back, back, cutting up pieces and feeding them. <gasps> the <laughs> butcher is back, <laughs> back, back, back. <laughs> <laughs> butcher is back, back, butcher is back, back, back. Right. Uh, full of bones and blood. It's meat, and it's all we're going to have to eat until we breathe. nothing but nothing. Well, butcher is back. back. <laughs> And uh, now it's cut up nicely and packaged. Let's sell it to each other. Marinate it for about 24 straight hours and then get it out there on that barbecue yeah, That'll make a real social hit. I know some fun people from Atherton. And it's all we are going to have to eat until we breathe nothing but nothing. <laughs> That's all we've got oh, machinery. And if you get what we mean, the only way out of this armor. Is to love it, I
1: it, love, love it, love it, love it, it love it, it, love it, love it, love in it, love 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 you know that—that's it. The LSD, Happy Go Lucky, Birth of the Hippie Era. That's the kind of music you can hear. The advanced audio production, right? It's not just—you know—some of their rock stuff. This is their stuff with—you know—called binaural hearing. But what's it talking about? It's talking about cannibalism. It's talking about eating human meat. Wow. That's what that song. It's not even a song. The butcher is back. The butcher. Me, I mean, that's it's right. literally a song. This is pre serial right. and this, this is what all these people are tripping. Um, this you know, remind me
0: of like you and Crank Cameron. I did a whole show or two part series on Cameron's uh experiments, and that's what they do is get them with audio like this over and over again.
1: It's psychic drama, <clears throat> it's, that's a great reference because yeah. that's exactly the kind of stuff. Um, and, and so. I guess if you want to say I'm creating an evidentiary chain, right. When I'm showing, so we have a kid's record, but, you know, supposedly created by some like, you know, it just like a mom post store in Chicago, you know, you know what I mean? So some like homespun folksy record label, you know, there's a lot more involved in the composition. Yes. On the surface, if you don't listen closely, it'll just blow right by you. Um, This is exactly what psychic driving, this is the kind of stuff they would use in psychic driving. Dichotic hearing, left-right hearing, different message in right ear, different message in left ear. You know, um, yeah, that's a great point. Let me just play a little bit more of, I I just have a few. Based on
0: the book, Father, Son, and CIA, which I recommend people check out if you can find a copy of it. So first make
2: this announcement that anything that I might do is entirely on my own and reflects nothing on the school. I have come in here and completely commandeered the... uh, one little the room with a wireless mic so that you can't find me no what i made would like to. You dirty cops. So I think I'll do all the job. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good <laughs> You've got a piece. Go. What about me? Why would you like me wait? A little hand? hand. What? Hello. Hello? I just, I yes, I did. I when got I got out of the, 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 the my hand. head. Gaggle, ye, ye guilties, while ye move. There yeah. goes the yeah. ruling Easter. Yeah. For time's first yeah. bit will yeah. drive us mad
1: so that's the butcher I think right
0: it's really incredible yeah right wasn't isn't that the kool-aid acid test isn't that the wolf book where he goes into all that stuff
1: yeah well I mean, that, and that was you know I, I mentioned last time so um like wolf book yeah he really made it Like, you think about it, like, Ken Kesey, like, you know, this is, um, when you see the, you know, initial footage, like, how they're developing this way they're dressing, this hairstyle, you know what I mean? You just look at the, beat. I mean, the Beatniks had short hair, like, look like 50s, you know what I mean? So there's no, there was just, it, it, it was not just an arbitrary choice, right? The tribal, this, that, but, um. Sorry, what was your question? Oh, Ken Kesey. I wasn't
0: saying just Kesey's Kool Aid Acid Test was about a lot of this stuff, right? The origination of the use of acid in these public environments, right? And the Hells Angels and stuff. Fire well, right he was like it. on
1: tour, right? He was on tour with the, um, you know, he was hanging out basically with he he would just happen to be there, right? The guy that wrote the right stuff just happened to right. be there and writing about. It. So he's like kind of like a, um, you know, it's fire- about. It, right? yeah. Yeah, so he's like one of those, like, you know, he's like a super celeb, um, you know, journalist guy. He was like a Hunter S. Thompson, but for like the, you know, for the, for the, for the walk, genesis. Now I'm just yeah <laughs> No, no, I mean, he's like a Hunter S. Thompson for like a little bit more educated. Yeah, but he's amazing, You know, but just to show you like some of this, like this music, if you'd never taken LSD, you, you got to put yourself, there really wasn't even psychedelic rock at that time. You know, right. right? You know, you would hear super
0: cutting edge, super cutting edge.
1: I mean, and, and, and people forget, and I'll just remind people that you know the 1950s rock and roll scene ended in 19. I mean, 1950s that ended. It hit a brick wall. Done. Finished. Okay, they're either you know dead, out of commission, you know, in jail for you know marrying 14 year olds or whatever, and they pushed like Pat Boone and Easy Listening. And so that there was a big gap. There was a gap, right? So, okay, so we have the Beatles, but we're talking about at least three years, right? So Beatles, the British Invasion was a reintroduction of sort of rock to America because you had a lot of like the arches, you had like teenage groups, you know what I mean? Um, you know, like, you know, novelty songs, you know? Um, and yeah, I'm not saying there weren't some like hero scenes, but um, terms of popular music, no. So um, let's well, it's, 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 hear another clip from the Acid Test and i He talks about the right of Isis one of those things. I don't know if I can find it. I guess where we can look. You know, you guys just let it run. I guess I didn't align the video I made it pretty quick, but so what do you think see look at the people dancing though, you know, it's a little bit you know.
0: It's like the resurgence of paganism and
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay.
2: So you he, he hear that
1: high pitch? Remember, I'm I'm a puppet. See that that pitch, that high pitch. The acid test is everywhere
2: in this spaceship. Everywhere you are, you're all acid testing and acid tasting. Inside the confines of this hey, interspatial dome, you will find the acid test
0: taking place.
2: no fucking power no place.
0: I found it, and uh, it's plugged into that
2: little box there. But, uh, okay. Still doesn't work. Okay. Just Turn the house work. lights on. We're, hey, we're going to have to move around you? and recap the oh, yes. plug. Drop. Can you can't
0: hear anything. Can you hear anything?
2: Testing one. Two. How? This is why variable test problem. Hey, Ken. How? Uh, these three microphones don't seem to be working. They're fucked up, That's man. Not Nothing up here is working. I am friends, the electronic wasteland. How about a taste of microphone? Come on now. Hey, keep it all playing, right. Boys. Just keep it playing, boys. You're coming through one of there these. There ain't days. no power on the stage. Come on, just keep. Oh, no all electricity on. on the stage. Fix it. This is the captain speaking. We have reached our first emergency, and we haven't even got by the boundaries. Well, Why don't you reconcile it pretty damn quick? That's everybody put their worries and threats to mind to produce some electricity for the state. It's about
1: time to get it ready? Yes, because there is wires all around here plugged into e Okay, so just the reason I played that this is like opening, right? Or like okay. when, so they're creating, this is like a, uh, they call it mise en scene, right? It's an act. It's, it's, it's agitating, right? They can't get the mics to work. Yet how the hell are they talking on the mics? They don't have power, right? So electricity, focus your mind on your problems, on your stress, right? So, um, you know what I mean? So what I'm saying is that things that go unnoticed, right? So that, you know, it just seems like, oh, these these goofy, zany guys are all stoned and they don't have their power working. Well, how are you talking and running all this equipment if you don't have power, dude. If you don't have power, you're not, you're not, you know, they didn't have those, you know, and they have multi, they have like 10 microphones, and they obviously recorded it on very high-end recording gear, which did not have external batteries at that point. You know what I mean? This stuff was plugged in. But anyways, just a little bit further. Electricity all around here. Now just reach down everybody. Hey, man, stop y'all babbling in 60s. So this is a ritual induction, right? We need electricity, everyone, because they're becoming, they're bringing them into this, you know, the, the thing, the space. Phones. we need some power,
2: power, power, power.
1: We need the power, the power. Anybody that can power. burn steady power.
2: You got the power. Power.
1: Come on now.
0: That looks like a dead show. So the dead hasn't started playing yet, but that's a dead show, right?
1: Yeah. Well, no. No. This is in. This is in the show. This is part of the show. Oh, I that's just, it. Okay. This is. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I, oh, that is about, a dead show. Or I thought
0: that was an acid
1: test. No, the dead. though that. Well, that. That, oh. that were the house band. So it was a dead show. Okay.
0: Also got interested.
1: Is that Frost
0: Amphitheater? Is that at Stanford? Do you know where that is?
1: Um, I think it's a, it's a, one of those houses, you know, they did read these um, houses up,
0: you know. Yeah, they would go up into the hills above of, of, uh, Palo Alto, they go to one uh, of these places, I can't remember the name of it. At least that's featured in the uh electric Kool Aid acid test. They would,
1: there was uh, a city up there, let's see. Yeah, um, so uh, you know we'll leave that video for now. It's, I think the audio is not quite aligned, but that 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 made some sense, right? I mean, did that. Absolutely. I, I, I have okay. some other clips. Let me just play one thing and like Jerry's saying something. Seems as though, I guess my audio... Right. Who was a friend of a cousin of a guy who worked with me. I'm a programmer now. Yeah. I'm a computer programmer. Nice. So this is where he talks about, I'm a computer programmer. This is mental programming, what we're doing. Come on. So, um...
2: What do you do right now? I'm, right
0: now.
1: I'm uh, working as a common li- li- laborer. With yeah, oh, to the Austin John. Okay, you know, anyway. This night, past had been stolen. the like yeah, by the feds and so on. Okay, we'll leave that. Leave the audio is This a little crappy from the film, from but but anyways, yeah. So. Um, so let's get back to some actual meat. Um, but you know, feel free to chime in. It's, it's really fascinating that you. Um, I'll, I'll bring that PowerPoint up. You can stop the video. Um, but you were I'm you were there? So.
0: Yeah, no, I was around all that stuff. Yeah.
1: But you know, I mean, it, I think La think- Honda was the name of the city they used to go
0: to, where they conducted the acid tests above Stanford.
1: Yeah, it's I used like- to spend a lot
0: of time on at, at Stanford as a kid. We would go up to Tressor Union, and there were all the beginnings of video games playing, starting there. We used to do all, you know, see a
1: lot of stuff. Did you get experimented on? You said- I was never experimented on. I did
0: do an overnight sleep kind of thing once. Yeah, that was it. I knew there was like a psychology professor there that I was friends with his son. But Yeah, no, I, I would never really got, ex- I never,
1: never got experimented on.
0: Maybe on the MK Ultra of the society. Yeah, maybe, maybe
1: you did. You just don't know, man.
0: No, I was never, I was never, I don't have any flashbacks of anything like that. I'm
1: going to trigger your alter personality.
0: Yeah, no. Thank God, no. But, you
1: heard that? I, I had some clips. Look,
0: but I uh, think that the whole thing, this whole acid, the culture jamming, culture change, social engineering is the experiment, is that these people were led down a certain pathway. Um, that may not have been for their benefit. It was It was to create change, social control. So I think, uh, I mean, what better way if you're conducting a war overseas than to have people tune in to drop out, take acid and drop out, right? Isn't that the, the greatest social uh, influence is you just get people not to care anymore or to become hippies? Stay out of the anti-Vietnam War movement, I would say.
1: Well, you know, one thing just to also bear in mind is that so hippie became kind of fashionable, right? So, you know, it's kind of like, if you think of the 1920s, you have your flapper, you know what I mean? Like you have like styles, right? People going right. through or like identities, but you know, if you get, you could be, someone slips LSD in your drink or whatever. Um, and like the acid test, like people didn't even know what acid was. Right. And they're just right. going into this environment. Um and I just think where the invocation of the Great God Pan and da da da, and then and in in between there's just you know the regular kind of blues rock, frat rock, but then they've got all this crazy sound collage tape stuff. You know what I mean? Even playing with ex, you know, like um, psychological. And they had all kinds of fl- photic driving, tons of photic driving there, all kinds of different strobe lights, this that. Like in, in the beginning, we heard that one with the butcher, the butcher thing. He's saying, like, I'm here, but you can't find me. I have the wireless microphone. You don't know where I'm talking from. Um, and he's saying, you have to eat meat. You won't get nothing until your mind is nothing. You know, some weird... I remember that one thing where he started reciting almost sounds like Shakespearean poetry, right? Remember that? That kind of goes... You, you almost don't pay attention to it, right? So that's... Anyways, that's one of those lyric aspects, so... Um, but back, back into the the thing is, so so MK Ultra. Um, feel free to chime in. I've, I've, I've I'm just
0: trying about. to read some of the comments. I asked the people for questions, but I can't
1: quite figure it out.
0: Um, yeah. So, MK Ultra ties into all this,
1: right? Well, absolutely. So, starting. To, um, feel free to chime in. So, basically, you outline if you don't I'm sure people know, but April thirteenth. So, Alan Dulles was the the guy. Um, that really that made the official proposal to start this amazing um, program. And I said, I've got like that, some of the documents of this, like all the different universities, but I mean, it was all over even, you know, Ohio state university, it was, it was a massive program um, with uh, many, many different sub projects. Some of which are quite interesting, right. Um, Especially if you read uh, between the lines, but so Fifty of America's best known college universities, 15 or 20 research foundations, including Rockefeller, dozens of major hospitals, a great many prisons, mental mental institutions and chemical and pharmaceutical companies such as Sandoz, who manufactured LSD. Right. You know, and and that, you know, and we have the whole. um, Well, actually, Palo Alto is really where all this started. Think about it. I mean, you know, you got Aldous Huxley. And then with can uh, Kesey, but, you, ha- you know, I mean, Palo Alto is kind of the the center, I would say, if you're going to say an epicenter for this, you know, maybe not as, as dramatic as, say, you know, Los Angeles or California, but I think, wouldn't you say that this stuff kind of rolled out there or at least was developed and designed? I'm not There's saying- some of
0: it. There was a guy who was like uh, Lindley's psychologist who was involved in this. I can't remember his name offhand, but he was, I think he was an MKUltra doctor and friends with West and kind of networked with these characters but there was a lot there. I mean, I've been on SRI campus. It's vast. It's like a college unto itself. Um, So they were doing all kinds of different research, cutting edge type stuff, social control, all that stuff. Yeah. Sleep studies, drug studies, um, you know, lots of, lots of, uh, lots of high-end minds were definitely there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, I we'll won't go through all this, but yeah, 200 well known private researchers, um, you know, I, I go through all the, the different things. So, examples, you know, hypnosis, electroshock treatments, LSD, marijuana, morphine, enzodrine, mescaline, secondol, atropine. So, you know, and so there's all kinds of different, you know, obviously, um, of these experiments in different areas, but, um, I mean, you know, Palo Alto, I'm talking about music and counterculture related. I think Palo Alto is kind of an epicenter of that or, or really important.
0: There's a lot of things going on there. There's no question about it. Lots of interesting things. They, but they had, uh, they had connections to Berkeley had like an advanced school, kind of like SRA. I can't remember the name off it, of it right now. But there was just a lot of uh, cutting edge research going on there.
1: There's no question about it. I can think of like Philip K. Dick. You ever read or checked out Philip K. Dick, like like I just did a show on him, yeah. okay, like Vallas and stuff. Scanner
0: Darking and no Vallas. Yeah, he was a he was a meth head too. He was interesting
1: guy. Ah it was meth or was meth, huh?
0: Yeah, it was meth. I think it was Benzedrine, was his his uh, helped him write. So probably it might have just rotted
1: his brain out. I don't know. Well, he, uh, he did see God, right? He had the pink light. There's a... Philip K. Dick is kind of interesting, you know, because so many of the things he predicted, but he started, um, like, the Vowels Trilogy. He's talking about this, like, this rock group, but there's a vast, alive, living intelligence system, which is, like, some satellite that's, like, beaming stuff down on the Earth and da-da-da, but the music stuff... He has some pretty interesting and, and um, you know... He kind of... Outlined some of the stuff that was actually going on with some of the you know the mind control stuff in certain ways. Okay.
0: Interesting. He definitely had a broad frame of reference. He was very uh, well read, kind of understood stuff. He understood yeah. alternate realities, things like that, or things that are precursor to, uh, you know, meta or whatever this whole thing is. Oculus. Pretty sharp guy. <clears throat> yeah. Very influential. Yeah. yeah.
1: If I have any questions,
0: please continue. Go ahead,
1: okay. Well, let me just a little gap here, but okay, so I'll just keep going. So, anyways. So going back, so we um, so MK Ultra, is a vast project, right? So all we mentioned all that different stuff. Stanford Research Institute, um, so develop. I mean, so SRI, right? So uh, involved contracts CIA to research, develop long distance mind control using radio waves. Um, um, and CIA MK, projects of Honeywall, a method to penetrate inside a man's mind, controls brainwaves over long distance. Okay. Um, richard helms is we have uh, biological radio communication um washington post concrete evidence that electronic mind control was a major object of study at sri at the time Th- the theory was that extremely low frequency electromagnetic waves from the brain could be used to control individual subjects sometimes called empaths a great many who were inexplicably drawn from l ron hubert's church of scientology
0: which is totally full of mind control techniques. I mean, the techniques involved in Scientology
1: are off the charts. Well, Hubert, man, he was all over the place, right? So, um, naval, you know, whatever, disarmory discharge, you know, some, you know, whatever, you know, fraudulent business deals, hanging out with Jack Parsons, you know, trying, you know, right-hand man of Aleister Crowley, trying to bring the Babylon working, right? You know, and you know what I mean? So the Babylon working, they were, you know, that was Jack Parsons, the rocket scientist, you know, trying to give birth or, you know, have a woman give birth to the, uh, the uh, the whore of Babylon, the basically the female antichrist. Um, He made the oath
0: of antichrist. A lot of people don't talk about Parsons, but he he really wanted to be the antichrist. (laughs) I mean, you can read his oath of antichrist out there. Like he was a direct, indirect conflict with Christianity and,
1: and Jesus
0: Much like Crowley, much like Hubbard, too,
1: actually, for that matter. I haven't heard of that oath. Is it some? Yeah, look up the Oath
0: of the Antichrist, Parsons. I mentioned in my book, Children of the Beast, but he put it in writing. Like he also had the uh, fourth book of the Book of the Loss, who's trying to kind of solidify himself in the occult community. But uh, yeah, he was Crowley's number one uh, apostle. Crowley actually said that Jack Parsons is my most important follower. Hanging out with Hubbard, and Hubbard used to like. Yeah, Hubbard used to fondle, according to his own son, who was with him at the beginning of Scientology. He was forty-eight or fifty, right around a lot of this time. This, this stuff is happening, and Hubbard knew a lot about hypnosis, hypnosis as well. Studied all that stuff, but uh, his son said that Hubbard would have all of Crowley's materials and fondle them and reference them. And there's a recorded speech of Hubbard talking about Crowley and. It's pretty interesting. Called himself the Great Beast, so it's all it's all tied together: the mind control and kind of Scientology and black magic. There's uh, there's definitely a nexus point between all that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and Howard is one of those you know people that had you know really a major impact, right? There's other variants of Howard, you know, like you know Baba Yad. This guy. Yeah, so he had this like, you know, had a big mansion in Southern California. Had like this cult, but they had this rock band, right? So they had the rock band that would play, and supposedly it was like not super heavy drugs involved, but you know, so Baba Yod was like he, um, his band's interesting, right? But it, you know, he was a guy, um, was in uh, it's a military background, but then he killed somebody drunk driving, you know. The next thing you know, he becomes a guru. It's like he got punished, you know. So you have to, he became this. Anyways, but so a lot of this is going on.
0: Bobby Yod, was that Father Yod? Was that the guy he ran?
1: Father Yod, there's like a documentary on it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It. Yeah, no, I've talked to one of his members of that family. Oh, that really? Angels. Yeah. Her name okay. was uh, Sister. I can't remember her name, but I did an interview with her. One of my earliest interviews, actually. Uh, but yeah, and I saw that documentary on Yod. He liked the, he liked the magic. He liked the... Uh, Golden Dawn. He used to reference Golden Dawn materials. People said he had supernatural power. He remar- His real name, I forgot what his real name was, but he had killed like four people in in uh, the Pacific War Pacific conflict. He was like a serious military guy. Been in full on hand to hand combat.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's kind of um, you see all these different groups, right, are being coming out right you go further on yeah you know those ties in the, the source
0: family i think it was called the source family
1: source That's family right. okay yeah that, that was uh, the funny thing was like after the guys that you know totally of course you know he has to go after the young the young and female devotees you know the whole thing is like falling apart people are still following him 30 years later and he like oh. did he die like some hella skiing accident in hawaii or something
0: and he's yeah, he, like of- yeah he took out uh one of the uh, gliders and took it out. Didn't even know how to do it <laughs> and uh, crashed and died. That was his way. Up. Oh, give me that. I'll I'll show you how to
1: do it. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> that's I do. Yeah. like there's like you know he really um it that, but that that's an example of where you know it, it appears to me like I said he he effed up you know he did a you know he basically would have killed somebody either a drunken brawl or drunk driving right and like they're running the stuff go be a guru you know what I mean. Because you have this, you know, Ken Kesey, you know, even some of the guys that are dead, you know, are not, you know, what you think of sort of the dissolute rock star. But anyways, going back to SRI. So we want to say U.S. Navy, okay, CIA developed long distance mind control using radio waves. So frequencies, Prince the Radio Project. Um, we have this, um, you know, you know, a center of this. Um, and then with, of course, you know, Ken Kesey. Palo Alto is where he took LSD. That's where Kengizi was dosed. And so Kengizi came directly out of Palo Alto and experiments there. Um, so he was, you know, one of the major um you know figures, really. You know, as I mentioned, that, that you have the movie and then you have electrical acid tests. So wonderful of cuckoo's nest, right? Is that not an iconic movie? Like Absolutely. people said top. 20, you know, what I mean, like Ben Hur. I don't know, Disco Godfather is one of my favorites. That's not on the list, but uh, Interesting. But- well,
0: when I was here's another family's uh, personal story. When I was growing up, that where he Keezy worked was at the Menlo Park um Veterans Hospital, which was on Page Hill Road, Page Mill Road, one of those roads off right off the 101. And when we were kids, we could go there. And just go onto their golf course and play for free. So we would, you know, when we were teenagers. We would be playing golf at their nine-hole golf course, uh, right where Ken Kesey was. And we would see the subject. It looked like something from the movie. They had people on the, like the Thorazine shuffle. You'd see them in a line. They'd be walking around. They'd take them out and walk. We'd be playing golf and just watching them. They were all in the same white jumpsuits or j- white outfits, right out of the right out of the freaking movie really incredible so they didn't change a thing those like in their personalities they all look like they were on like some kind of meta you know uh, some type of drug some type of depressant wow yeah but i used to play golf on there they actually had really back in the day they had really nice veterans hospitals they still kind of have one in, in here in los angeles but the ones in northern california I don't think they would outfit them like they did before because all the veterans hospitals up there had golf courses and uh, good facilities. It's
1: pretty interesting. Like little like estate things. like you know, they used to
0: know Yeah. Like they just used to build things with much more space than they do now. But uh, the interview that I did was with Dr. Elena Michaels. So you can look that up if people want to listen to the, what it was like living in the source family. The title of the interview it was uh, father yod and the source family in Los Angeles the former member dr Alana Michaels
1: what was that calling him, Baba yod I don't remember that I, don't, I, I just don't... remember his
0: father Yod. and he's and a big, he's a big guy and then he said we got to start uh you know he, he became uh a polygamist
1: basically yeah well he's getting his payoff you know for doing his gig you know you know and, and probably he, he Probably liked it, you know.
0: They had a famous kind of restaurant here on uh, Sunset Boulevard, so they operated out of that. And I think they showed that in the documentary, if I remember correctly. It's the I don't think it's really there anymore, but they think the sign strangely is there, but the actual residence is not like it. They that that real estate is just worth a fortune now. Back in the day, I don't think it was worth as much, much. but yeah, Father Yod,
1: yeah.
0: Yod Ha heyve or something, isn't that the original Hebrew or something? Creation, well,
1: it's, like, it, it, you know, it's connected, I think, with um, there's uh, you know, you know some guy, you know, uh, Kabbalistic, it is a name, but it's also connected with some uh, you know, other other things. I, 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 yeah, it's kind of like a random, I mean, it's like Yoda, see, look, Father right. Yoda, so so, and you know, and there's so there's you know, it's like, do you have like different versions of deities, and there's a, you know, you got like Metatron, and, you know, you get some of those other, so there's a little bit of that um, there, but um, you know, but there's, of course, a lot of those things. I mean, look at Jim Jones, same thing, same template, basically, right? These are another one of these templates, um, you know, and um, anyways, so but just going back a little bit to the, the, the Grateful Dead, um, I have recordings of them talking about like when people would go through the acid test, right this is Owsley, and they would they they had a group mind, like their minds would be shattered, and they reformed into a literal they had a literal hive mind, and they could communicate telepathically uh, but, and that's yeah, and so you know Owsley does like I said on the some of his audio clips um, that I have that, that he he goes into that um, but you see you know long distance okay bi- biological radio communication. that's kind of what they were researching also, you know you have that. You have that you know you know the, the trauma right the t- induction of trauma right you have all like mpd people they sometimes have quote unquote psychic abilities right um you gotta you know and so it so there was a bit you know and they had some kind of you know you know far out things of course we got Sydney Gottlieb, right so he was like the he looks like a he looks like you know what the the town mayor you know it's yeah. like I buy a car from that guy <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah no he had a good cover you all kind of look like that. Look at you and Cameron too.
1: See pictures I got? I mean, John, Gittner, John getting there, yeah. John Gittner. So that guy, you know, he looks a little more creepy. I just have Jolly West. I just have some of these major players. You're welcome to jump in. I because of course a lot of other people, but of course Gottlieb was the money bags, right? Funding. Um, he well he was. What do you think? He was a he was in, he he was the the president of MK Ultra. Would you would you not say anything? that's my
0: understanding? Underneath some of the big, big Intel guys, he was, he was the top of, I think he ran the, the different subgroup groups, right? I don't I have to go back. I, it,
1: it, like most of the documentation I saw on And, and um, so I'm not necessarily the, uh, as far as I know, like he signed the checks, you know what I mean? He was, he was sort of, and yeah, so I don't know if, you know, there may, maybe there was someone above him, um, but you know, it, to me, um, you know, they were different we- heads
0: because it, I think at the very start it was Nelson Rockefeller really took off, took over after World War II, and then it became the CIA, and then I think it was Alan Dulles became the big boy, and then it went to Helms. So I think it was all those types were over overlooking it. Like I know Nelson Rockefeller knew a lot more about MK Ultra than most of the average people think. He was there before uh, the CIA even started, like in '47. So they were interested in those topics uh, before the national security act. Well,
1: but I, what I was going to say, Gottlieb is more like the, the guy who's actually running things. You got Jesse Helms. These guys aren't, he's hands-on, right? He's right. Hands-on. No, Helms is not hands-on. No, yeah. Hannah Helms. Is yeah. Yeah.
0: No, uh, Dolas either, right? They're not hands-on. They're, they're getting the information and in the, the results are coming probably to them as the heads of the CIA, but they're not,
1: they're not on the streets. No way.
0: Other guys were, right? What was the guy who was in uh, Operation Climax? What was his name?
1: Oh, Operation Midnight Climax. Midnight that? Climax. That's right. Yeah,
0: that oh, was in uh, that was in the hate, right? So that yeah,
1: was... uh, you know, what? I, I know. It just, it just, it just I just, just, just. I see
0: his face. I can't remember it right now.
1: Midnight. He's pretty well. He's definitely well known. Whole... People know his name.
0: Originally under Stanley Gottlieb, and then under George Hunter White okay yeah yeah
1: you know and then we can you know we all this stuff this ties back into the um you know the distribution um and you go into um you know research on you know these um uh you know of course there was a society for human the study of human ecology right that was a big the big uh front group but there's all this stuff of um you know, bringing in this like neo-primitive, neo-pagan looking, but also the research of, um, you know, the Macy conferences. So you've got, uh, you know, you know, this, um, you know, the, the demonic hag, um, Margaret Mead. Well okay. I get to
0: what the Macy conferences were, because I don't think a lot of people know what that is.
1: Okay. So the Macy conferences, you know, almost it behind this, you know, we talk about MKUltra, um, Macy conferences were extremely important um, for basically formulating a lot of what we see in the world around us today. Um, these are very high level um, sort of think tanks um, originally started for conferences on cerebral inhibition, which was another word for hypnosis. But they were UK. Okay, there's publications um, that came out of them, but they were very um. Absolutely influential, um, you know, everything, the, the whole word, you know, cybernetics, cybernetic system theory, um, and, you know, all the um, Esselon Institute, um, you know, connecting with Tavistock. So, so um, you know, you want the real outline if you can get the actual literature, the Macy conferences. I would say not even the public front, but sort of the theorists, maybe even on a deeper level than MK MKUltra. Um, was but yeah again you know you have Bateson you have I mean you have uh, Norbert Wiener founded um Norbert Wiener who's a rocket rocket scientist so originally um it actually started before this um but um the basic conferences were cybernetics is um means the steersman it's a it's a it's a command and control mechanism um so originally it started out we were working with missile technology guided missile technology um, and creating feedback loops, um, it was extrapolated to all of human society, the human brain, um, you know, everything, um, everything you can imagine. Um, and you have many, many, many important uh, people involved. And then in that, of course, then we have a great intersection from the Macy conferences to the Grateful Dead and to that whole scene, you know, with the whole earth. And, and then this all this is where we kind of cycle back. But that's the. Anyways, I don't know if that's a short version But they had also all kinds of weird occult stuff. There's a Macy Conference's seance they did. I mean, a Macy Conference's, because Norbert Wiener, I mean, cybernetics was really, there's like a book in the 50s, Maxwell Mold's Psycho-Cybernetics, right? Same time Kinsey Report came out, you have the cybernetics popular book with, you know, Norbert Wiener, uh, you know, which, but, you know, cybernetic system theory is, if you want to look at operant stimulus conditioning what I talked about in the beginning, who's the steersman, right? This, you know, I mean, you know, there's um, not just quote unquote mind control, but a lot, but really, uh, you know, you have this research into these, you know, primitive cultures, so to speak, quote unquote, right? So Margaret Reed and who was a lesbian with her husband, Gregory Bateson, who was, you know, this, you know, you know, sort of HG Wells, you know, Aldous Huxley, you know, high level, high status British, intellectual um who you know is known for the quote-unquote double bind the creation of schizophrenia nlp neuro-linguistic program programming directly comes out of gregory bateson's work okay so that's the whole nlp is directly tied with that but you know many many other things but um anyways so so they looked at cultures trance possession you mentioned i had that quote from the rights of isis so they looked at this modern conditions of this occurring she wrote this book um on this like uh, island in in new guinea where she she completely lied out of her ass it was a total work of fraud okay Mm -hmm. so her big book which is like um Life and sexuality among the Pacific Samoan, or, you know, something like that. But basically, um, man, I, I like to, I gotta- It is interesting,
0: though, because I think West studied a lot of trance stuff, possessions. He was interested in different states of mind. Oh, like yes. subtle states of mind that people yeah. were getting and how to induce them. He was also, yeah, he was involved in inputting memories, taking memories away false memory foundation stuff yeah he was something else
1: well that you know with me just tying her into that is that so she investigated so she wrote this thing but it was like same around same time like you know talking about they have a free love society right yeah, everyone has sex with everybody else you know so whether or not she okay she committed academic fraud because she basically made up her data but what did she do socially what did kinsey do with the kinsey report? What affects? Same thing.
0: We we're all involved in that stuff, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, but, but Mead, of course, was much more on the level of how do we manage, shape, create the type of. I'm not even sure. why, why we spend so much effort like fucking people up? It seems like just a lot of effort to go. You know, I mean, you know, there's some. That's why it almost goes into this like sort of Satanist. You know, there's it almost seems like there is an occult level. You know, I think it was MK off and there were some occult aspects of, um, of, of, uh, you know, MK ultra, but I mean, you you know, you was wondering like, why why would you go to all this trouble, man? You got, but anyways, so Jolly West, so he's really, you know, central in, um, oh gosh, we're almost out of time here, but uh, Jolly West, so really, you know, central guy in this thing. I mean, this Jolly West was, um. Sort of, if you look at, you know, Gottlieb as being sort of the, the managing director, Jolly West was really, he's like the hands on, you know what I mean? He's like right. gung ho. And he's like, and he, uh, you know, he he didn't hold back, right? He didn't have too many scruples. <laughs> didn't seem I mean? like it. Didn't seem like it. He had, he was
0: not a much more complex person, I think, than people say, because he, he did a lot of stuff as the head of the psychiatry at UCLA teaching, and but still being involved in weird stuff like showing up in the JFK assassination with Ruby and saying, Oh, yeah, he's insane. He
1: was the one you're kidding me.
0: Yeah, no, he was, one- he was the one who went to Ruby and wrote a thing about Ruby and said, uh, He's functionally insane. Like he uh, came out, he made a decision about Ruby right away. So he was Ruby's direct handler, uh, and also involved in the uh. What is it the what was it Hearst uh, uh, with kidnapping right so he interviewed her as well and was involved in, heavily involved in that trial and and offered information he offered his help so to speak and did a full breakdown of her psychology and then and then told the court hey I got a great guy for you uh, I got this guy sergeant from the UK who can come in and help and that guy was full one of the darkest element uh, psych uh, M.K. Oltenwell, dark psychologist, to come in. So he's recommending this guy from the U.K. who did the most vicious stuff. Like he was like, a, it would be like the equivalent of inviting you and Cameron to get involved in that. And that was all probably an Operation Chaos type operation as well, uh, much like the family supposedly. Like that whole story about the Cimbrianese Liberation Army and Sinkay uh, It was all like. A uh, fashion story, the dude who was the head of Sinke, like he was in one of these like MK Ultra associated associated um prisons in the in the US that where they knew they were doing experiments and stuff like that. Really good book is Revolutions End by Brad Shriver. Highly recommend that. There's like total revelations where like Patty Hearst knew Cinkei before he even got out of the prison. So they had that this that uh, was covered up. And all of the African-Americans, all the followers of Sin K, none of them were African-Americans. They, there's something about their sensibility. They seem to have detected that Sin K was not what he said he was. He was always drinking like apple brandy or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, the, only, <laughs> the only people who fell for it or got involved with him were radical, white, far leftists. So really interesting story. Well, but he yeah didn't... he was part of he was he would uh well west is involved in that as well and also we talked about the pre-show he definitely was at hate ashbury studying these hippies doing significant studies not like him showing up but he enlisted graduate students from stanford uh and did very thorough academic papers about the hippie lifestyle and stuff like that so he uh he has a much and in, very interesting background I mean, we can talk about uh, dosing, dosing and killing the elephant. Uh, ah. Yeah, but he was there. I mean, these guys are like, like he's a test case for that whole the whole birth of the growth of psychiatry. Like he knew all this post war stuff. Was, I think he became the head of psychiatry at a very young age at twenty nine at the University of Oklahoma. So he's obviously a brilliant guy. But he had some interesting friends. But he was—I mean—he was fighting against Scientology. He was publicly fighting against Scientology and said he was harassed by Scientologists. So that's kind of to his credit. Like he must have known the techniques they were using. Is my guess. So he's in an anti. Maybe it was fake. Maybe it was just a big cover for his nefarious stuff. I don't know.
1: I, yeah, I would think so, man. I mean, because uh, you know, we'll, um, I guess. We, well, I guess we're almost out of time. But just to. Um... Uh, you know, if you look in this, and I, I have more evidence, or whatever, but so it was really a process of cultural so it's almost like a real time experiment, right? So you run your, this is a non-controlled environment, right? This is like an experiment in a in the field, you know, so that's where it's much more advanced, and so you know, this, it, 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 you know, with you pull some of these threads together it becomes clear that, you know, this stuff you know, what you know again what i find is odd so we can look at you know um some of the stuff in united nations mental hygiene initiatives things like that um there's you can you know look at um uh you know the new world but you know um the new world order by h.g wells outlined some of these you know the ideal endpoint right um but how do you get to that point um and so this is what I'm saying is that some of the theorizing of this and the actual implementation, but people like Jolly was, is like, like um, Ewan Cameron. I mean, Ewan Cameron was this handsome, urbane Scottish guy. You know, he was head of the. You know, he was like one of the most renowned psychiatrists. He was in the world. head of
0: the World Psychiatry yeah. Council yeah, I, or something. Like he was at the top, not even like some schlub or like some mid-range thing. He was at at one point at the very top, doing the most horrific freaking experiments on people. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, and the psychic driving is, you know, when you compare psychic driving with the Grateful Dead acid test, and then you move that into the other things, you see there's a lot of, um, you know, parallels there. Um, but, but And that
0: I mean, that's, that's a good example of like Operation Midnight Climax is a known example of a real live test. So they're literally testing the subjects without their knowledge uh, and getting information. And George White is there drinking whatever hard alcohol. And they never actually followed up with those people. They just treated them and said, "Okay, get the hell out of here. Like you're done." Um, so it's another example of these Kool Aid acid tests and a lot of these other stuff. You don't know like who's at the dead show, right? Taking notes and studying what's going on, right? Like you have no idea. Like somebody could be there just like this. Is, I'm, a, I'm a psychiatrist. I was hired by MK Ultra to see what the see how these techniques are working, whether people are in a trance state see how, what, what we can implant in their brains. I don't know.
1: Well, if I play some of these clips, which I, I probably, I guess I will probably, I won't go through all that uh, tonight, but um, basically, you know, Jerry is like talking about, you know, creating this ritual, going, disrupting the social fabric of town, conducting experiments. You look at, you know, the very complex high array, you know, I was like one of the, not only the LSD manufacturer, but one of the pioneers and, you know, this insane, look at the insane speaker arrays, their light show. So this was like the traveling. They, they kept doing experiments, man. They, they they get, you know, distributing LSD and, um, you know, and, and and uh, you know, you're doing the experiments. I mean, I'm not, you know, I mean, at least, you know, I'm not saying the dead the dead themselves were not the uh, scientists, obviously. Um, but, but you know, you listen to these guys talk and they, they knew all about it. You know, I mean, even talking about a complete like where you live in a completely virtualized world. It's he, he Jerry talks about going into the metaverse where you don't even have to you never leave your house. You wear a bodysuit and your mind is completely in this computerized world. You even have sex remotely via computer and everyone makes has their own language in their own head and you can go meet another person but you make your own music and your own language. He's talking about this as as, as an ideal. This is with uh, the Stuart Brand the whole Earth catalog guy talking about this. You're bringing about this paradise on earth that virtual reality now offers. It sounds a lot like what Meta, but like where you're locked down in a smart city. You know what I mean? You know, and you're, you. Oh, no, it's
0: brave it's- new world territory. You're definitely in brave new world, and that's probably what they were trying to do in the '60s is implement the uh, the drugging of a whole population to keep them malleable and pliable and and do- uh, docile, right? That's probably what they were really trying to do. Is like, how can we get these people to just do whatever we want without them really knowing and thinking that it's all normal? That's a pretty scary thought. Um, we are at the two hour mark. I got to run. Maybe we should just do a, a yeah, version three. If you have okay, more yeah, well, no, I don't mind. I'm definitely okay. interested. There's a lot of information to mine here. I mean, if you're going Gottlieb and Cameron and West. I can do some more research on my side because I did, did the whole thing. It was uh father, son, and CIA was the book I wrote. And his dad is easy name to remember. He's a doctor, a psychiatrist at uh, Stanford, Dr. Harvey Weinstein and who there's like this uh, freedom of thought foundation. I think that he's part of where he kind of, because it touched his life, his dad was never the same after Cameron's quote experiments, unquote that he became kind of an activist so you can see. Let me see if I can find that name.
1: But I can bring
0: some more to the table next week or next time we do a
1: show. Well, you, I mean, you were in that this whole area, so that, that's pretty.
0: I was, you know, I was
1: back in the day.
0: Psychiatry in the CIA was his book. It's the UK Berkeley UC Berkeley Human Rights Center. So you can see that, but it does it talks a lot about. and I'll put a link to that.
1: But it, when you talking uh, about uh, Sergeant, you talking about William Sergeant who wrote "Battle for the Mind."
0: Yes. So, uh, West new Sergeant, West recommended Sergeant for the for the uh, what do you call it? SRA uh, Simi D's Liberation well, Army stuff. Yeah.
1: Check it out. Here's what's interesting, right? So you have William Sergeant, who you look at their legends, right? So William Sergeant. The Battle for the Mind, it's a book on the threat of Soviet mind control. Yet he's actually doing this right. and you have these techniques of this, you know, this hypnotic induction stuff right. and, you know, we can get into a little, I mean, I can get all the neuro, neuro sides, but it's not just, you get someone locked, you have potential trigger patterns and things you can, you have a big chunk of the population you can technically manipulate right. and even with, even with Photo driving with with you know da 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 like think about how the, all the prevalence of all the the pop songs all the seventies eighties music wherever you go right nineties you right. know what I mean so um, think
0: about like think about how coercive some of these magazine articles the very back in the day time and life and how you can really get into people's brains just through those images as well like I remember like during the the second uh Iraqi war I guess maybe it was the first just tons of propaganda about Saddam Hussein getting into people to make them think of him as Goldstein, you know, these, these manipulations that are happening. Like you can, once you learn these techniques and understand behavioral science and it plays into everything that we just went through the last two years, which was totally manipulated. I got to run. All right, man. Uh, hands. Where's the best place for people to reach out to you?
1: Okay. Yeah. So um, you can uh Hans-Eder, hotmail.com. There's an email on my website. I have uh, mindcontrolmusic.wordpress.com. So yeah, please reach out. Um, and I, I have my web designer. Suppose hopefully I didn't just run off with my money, but I should have a new website up. But I, I have, I have like a number of books and other things. So um, and yeah, I, let's do
0: another be- third, Doug. We can definitely set aside covers a couple of weeks, and then we can go through some of your additional research that we didn't get to tonight and then i'll also look into some of my stuff maybe i'll play a couple things from some of the videos that were there was a documentary about uh cameron and weinstein and his dad that uh, i featured on an earlier show but thanks a lot for listening and it's hans uter i put the links to your website and your email in the show notes but this was part two of mk ultra for the masses culture creation and control in the 60s hans uter u-t-t-e-r thanks so much
1: Right. Thank you, William. Have a great night.